Hi friends, welcome back to the English Vocabulary Help Podcast. My name's Kayla, I'm an American English teacher, and I'm online at English with Kayla. You can visit my website, my Instagram, my YouTube. I love teaching English to people throughout the whole world. Today's episode of the English Vocabulary Help Podcast will have game vocabulary. Mainly, I'll be talking about board games, but of course, this vocabulary can be applied to other games and competitions in life as well. I haven't done an episode like this where I just sit down with my microphone and teach. I've done video lessons and different things, but this is going to be a traditional podcast for my podcast where I just teach you the vocabulary that you need to know. I tell you about my personal experiences and examples for each word and phrase, and I have a great list today that I think you will find very useful. Before we get started with today's episode, I'm going to give you my recommendations of the week. So this week, I actually have a book movie recommendation, and then I have another movie recommendation that I'm going to tell you about. So first, if you're an English learner, you need to be reading books. This is always my biggest advice to people. You need to be taking in vocabulary by reading. Even if you don't have someone to speak with, if you're not encountering people speaking English in your daily life, but you're trying to improve, reading is a great way to do it and it's a great daily practice to have. So my book recommendation is for those of you who are intermediate English learners and even advanced learners will benefit from reading this book as well. The book is called Holes. I'll leave a link for it on the episode show notes. The book is quite old, and actually there was a movie made from the book's story. It was made in 2003, and it stars Shia LaBeouf, who is a huge actor here in the United States, if you don't already know him. He does really different movies now, but when he was younger, he was on the Disney Channel, and he was in this movie Holes. It was very popular based on the book. When I was younger, I read the book, and I couldn't put it down, and When you're young, it's sometimes hard to find a book that you can get into. That means that you can find interesting. And even as an adult, I've rewatched the movie and I think it's really good and it's a really interesting story. So this is an excellent book for intermediate English learners because it's actually catered to, which means it's designed for a younger audience and a younger reading level, but it's still really interesting and as an adult enjoyable. It's also fun as a language learner to read a book and then watch a movie. So you're kind of testing your understanding of what you read. You kind of have a picture in your mind when you're reading of what the characters look like, what the setting looks like, and then you see if it matches up with the movie. So I'm going to recommend those to you. I'll link that in in the show notes description. And then the movie that I watched this week that is geared definitely towards adults is Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up is a really good movie. I just finished it last night with my husband. We had to watch it in two evenings because we have very young children. We have a one-year-old and a two-year-old. And the first night I was starting to fall asleep, even though the movie was good. So we actually finished it the second night, but it was still really a good movie. Um, It stars Leonardo DiCaprio, which of course he's huge, and Jennifer Lawrence, she's a great actress, and Meryl Streep, and one of my favorite actors, Jonah Hill, I think he is hilarious, 
And the movie's premise, which means its story, is that there is a giant meteor that is going to end the world. And Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence are two astronomers, which they study space. And they have discovered this, and they are trying to get the world to react to it like they want to save the world. But everyone's doubting them, everyone's doubting the science, and then... There's some other interesting things that happen in the movie, and you get to see if they save the world or if they don't. It sounds like a very strange story, but it's made to be very funny. It's dark humor, so even though it's it's kind of a sad premise, it's a sad story, it's made funny at the same time. And I really enjoyed it. It was really an interesting and different kind of movie. It wasn't your traditional you know, romantic comedy. It was very, very different, but I enjoyed it. So that's my recommendation to you. The movie is made by Netflix, so you should be able to find it on Netflix, which is great too, because most of us have a Netflix account. Those are my recommendations of the week, and I know my older episodes, I was more consistent with making a recommendation to you each week, either something to watch on YouTube, Netflix, a book to read, and I'm going to try to record more episodes with these recommendations because I still get messages on Instagram about way older episodes and what the recommendation was, so I'll link it in the description if that helps as well. Otherwise, you guys can always message me. I do try to sift through my direct messages and then if you email me, I'll definitely respond to an email. Unless you just email me, hi, because I get probably about 10 of those emails a week. Someone just says hi. I think they think it's a fake email or something and they're just testing it out. I don't respond to that because it's very annoying. <laughs> I'm sure you can understand. All right, let's thank the sponsors. We'll have an ad break here and then we'll get right into today's vocabulary. So thank you to this week's sponsors. Thank you to Elsa Speak for supporting the English Vocabulary Help podcast. Elsa supports you as you are trying to practice speaking like a native English speaker. And if you are working on your American accent, the Elsa Speak app will grade the way that you say words and phrases against how a native English speaker would actually say those phrases with an American accent. So when you're learning English, it's important to get feedback on the way that you sound. And if you don't have an English teacher or a native speaker available, Elsa Speak can be used to help you increase your fluency, pronunciation, word stress, and intonation. These are all very important when trying to sound like a native English speaker. Elsa also has some great tools, some great instructional content to help you produce sounds that are in the English language. They have great lessons on there. They have some practice conversations that will help you understand English phrases. It's just overall a great app, and you guys know I would not tell you to download something that isn't actually helpful or is a scam. So I recommend Elsa as a great app to use as a tool for your English practice. If you use the link in the description of the show notes here, it will give you an 80% discount on a membership, or you can use the other link to try it out seven days for free. So you get to use the pro app using my link for free. So even if you just want to try it out, use that link because it will be super beneficial. And then if you're ready to get a membership, use the link to get an awesome discount. Thanks to Elsa for sponsoring the English Vocabulary Help Podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks again to the sponsors of the English Vocabulary Help podcast. Let's get into our board game English vocabulary. And you might be thinking, why would I need to learn board game English vocabulary? Well, if you're going to play a game, first of all, it's going to be useful. I think Americans really love to have family game nights or friend game nights. These are nights where you play one, two, or three or more games and you can be competitive and you can have a few adult beverages. That means alcoholic beverages and some snacks. And it's just really a great way to get together. It's very wholesome, in my opinion, which means you don't have to go out somewhere and spend money. You can have fun at home with your friends or your family. So in a family game night, my family, we like to play card games. We like to play Monopoly. Well, actually, I hate Monopoly, and I'll get to my story of why I hate it so bad. And um, we like to play games where you roll dice, like Yahtzee or you maybe spin a spinner if you're playing a game with children like Candyland. Um, so let's talk about these vocabulary words right here. So if you roll dice, that means you throw the dice to get your number. And if you spin a spinner, you're usually using your fingers to you know flick it around and it tells you where to go on the board. If you are playing cards and you're picking up cards, for instance, in the game Uno, we call that drawing. So if you want someone to pick up an extra card, you say, all right, it's your turn to draw. And anything in life that we say draw for in English, it usually means to produce something. So of course you can draw with a pencil or a pen or a marker. You can draw a name out of a hat, which means, you know, it's a way to pick someone at random, or if you are playing the lottery, they will draw the winning numbers, which means they'll, you know, pick them out of a bowl. And in a card game, you draw cards, which means you pick up more cards. In games where you're moving pieces around a board, when you're moving the piece, you usually count and then you land on a place on the board. So just like a plane lands at the airport, we say our piece lands in a spot on the board. Oftentimes in games, you will have chances to be competitive and take things from other people in the game. We usually call this stealing in board games. So in Monopoly, first of all, my family is too competitive. We like to compete with one another. We all are trying to win and we take it too seriously in my opinion. We call this being overly competitive. This is associated with being a negative characteristic. If you want to tell someone that they care too much about winning a game or a competition, and especially one that might not matter very much, you can say you are overly competitive. My family is overly competitive. We were playing Monopoly, I think it was before Christmas one year, you know, the families together, and all of a sudden my grandma started insulting my math. She said, you can't count. You've never been good at math. And for some reason, I think I was just feeling very emotional that day. <laughs> I teared up a little bit. I said, that's not very nice. 
My family's overly competitive to the point where my grandma was insulting me. And I said, I quit. And I can't remember. I don't think I actually flipped the board. But if you get frustrated in a game, you can say, wow, you just flipped the board. Which means you make it so no one else can play the game anymore. You quit in a very dramatic fashion. So this phrase, flip the board, is used to say that somebody quit and they just were mad and upset. And they had no more emotions to play the game anymore if that makes sense so I hate Monopoly I just think it's too competitive I'm not good at it I don't know the great strategy which if you have a strategy for a game it's a way that you are playing so a Monopoly you might buy up properties very fast that could be a strategy or you might say I'm going to save up my money and try to buy the bigger properties in the old-fashioned game of Monopoly Boardwalk and Park Place are the most expensive properties on the board. So if someone rolls and they land on your properties there, they have to pay you a lot of money. So this is a strategy to try to win the game because everyone will have to keep giving you money for landing on those very expensive properties. (laughs) So I don't have a good strategy for Monopoly and I honestly refuse to play it. My husband wants to play Monopoly. He enjoyed it. And he asked me to this day, hey, do you want to play Monopoly? And I say, absolutely not. So if you have any pointers, which a pointer is a tip, if you want someone to teach you how to play the game better, you might say, do you have any pointers for me? And you can use this for other things in life too. If you have started a new job and you're trying to do something specific, let's say you're trying to figure out how exactly to sell more things. Maybe you're in sales. You could say, do you have any pointers for me about how to approach customers? So a pointer is a sort of tip. It's just another word. It's less formal than tip. And I think that's a really good word to know in English. One thing I hate is a cheater. I don't think anyone likes when somebody cheats at games. Of course, in a romantic relationship, if one person is not faithful they are a cheater. This means, let's say, there is a man and a woman that are married. And I'm just going to use this example. Sorry to be stereotypical. Let's say the man goes off with another woman that is not his wife. And they go on dates and they are romantically involved. You can call them a cheater. They're cheaters together. And yeah, so in games... This is less serious, obviously, when someone is doing something that's against the rules or maybe they are, you know, in Monopoly, they're sneaking money out of the bank without telling anyone they are a cheater. And the phrase in English is cheaters never win, even though sometimes they do. (laughs) I think we say that to children to encourage them not to cheat. And of course, we tell children like when you cheat, it doesn't feel as good to win. I know some people say that they never let their kids win. I don't know if I'm that harsh. I think sometimes I will let my kids win at games or at sports just to make them feel good because honestly, I think that the world is harsh and soon children will figure out that they don't always win. So if your parents can be nice and let you win sometimes, I think that's okay. When I was a kid, I would also get really frustrated if two people in a game team up on me. Another phrase that we use is gang up. 
this means that they form a team even though it's not official and they try to make you lose. In an argument, if two people are arguing against one person, you can say, why are you guys ganging up on me? Or why are you guys teaming up on me? So to team up on someone means to try to make them lose. You have more people against one person. And oftentimes, if there's a big argument amongst a group of people and everyone agrees except for one person, you could say it's not right to just gang up on this one person. This means that this one person has their opinion and we shouldn't all, you know, argue against them because it's one against many. Of course, it's more fun to play games that are fair. I like games like Settlers of Catan where, you know, you are picking things kind of at random and then there's a strategy to win the game. Everyone kind of has the same opportunity. Settlers of Catan is probably one of my favorite board games. I think it's technically a German game. If you've never played it, try it. It's really fun. It makes for a good game night. When I was younger, I really liked Jenga and Jenga, of course, is when you stack the blocks and you have to pull them out slowly and try not to knock down the tower and when it falls, you are the loser of the game. So there's not really a winner in Jenga. There's more so just one loser. As kids, we always played shoots and ladders, and that's a very simple game where you roll the dice and you count. And if you're alone, of course, you could always play solitaire. And I'm guessing solitaire is a French word. I don't speak French. I should probably learn it soon because there are so many words in the English language that originate from French, but when you're alone and you play the game where you're kind of drawing cards to order the deck, it's called solitaire. If you want to say that someone is alone, often you could say they are very solitary. And that actually means they kind of enjoy being alone, but more so in a way where they don't have a lot of connection to the outside world. A punishment in prison is called solitary confinement. This means they're just literally in one single room alone with nobody else to talk to all day. So anytime you hear solitaire or solitary, it means alone. Of course, just like solo. A few other popular games in the United States are Sorry, Candyland, and Uno. I would say those are very much childish games, except for Uno. I've played Uno a few times as an adult, and I think it's very fun. And as an adult, I have loved playing trivia. Actually, before I had kids, I would go to trivia at restaurants and bars quite often, and there was a couple times where I won. I am surprised at all the random knowledge or trivia that I have in my head. Sometimes we use that phrase trivia synonymous with knowledge to say it's a fact. So a fact about English is many words come from French, as I was saying before. So that's a piece of trivia, which means a piece of knowledge or a fact. So that's a good phrase to use if you want to say that something's kind of random to know. It's a piece of trivia. Thank you guys so much for listening to the English Vocabulary Help Podcast. I hope you enjoyed just this traditional sit down and listen episode. Sometimes I'll be posting videos which you can view on Spotify. And I wanted to mention that you can now rate a podcast on Spotify. So it would really help me out if you guys rated 
the English Vocabulary Health Podcast five stars over there because I know a lot of people listening just discover the podcast on Spotify because it recommends it to them or they're looking for something to help them level up their English vocabulary. So if you guys could do that, I would be very thankful. I am writing my English course right now and this is kind of just on the very detailed side of what's going on with English with Kayla. If you've listened this far into the episode, I'll let you know I have an English course that is scheduled to come out in April. So if you want to join my email list, you'll be the first to hear about that and have the opportunity to buy it and also have discounts to it. It will be a vocabulary course, so if you're interested in that, make sure to sign up for the email list. Thanks again to our sponsors of today's episode, and I will see you guys in the next lesson. Good luck studying English.